Welcome to the Playing the Game podcast with your hosts, Brock White and Cody Ransom. This podcast is the place for all things baseball, hunting, and entrepreneurship. These two guys have put in the work and have the stories and advice to back it up. Brock is a longtime business owner, and Cody played pro ball for over 18 years. Driven deep to left field. There it goes. See ya. A long home run for Cody Ransom. The one thing that brings these two guys together is hunting. Babe Ruth said it best. Never allow the fear of striking out to keep you from playing the game. This is the Playing the Game podcast, presented by Rolly White RV. Welcome back <laughs> to me, Playing the Game podcast. I'm your host, Brock White, with my co-host, Cody Ransom. What's going on, guys? How are you? We are bright and early, 6 a.m. It's not bright yet. It's still dark. Dark yeah. and early and we're actually having a conversation right now about energy drinks. <laughs> so I'm like a diesel motor, just like slow, little bit at a time, and a lot of Diet Cokes throughout the day. <laughs> but I have tried when I was doing an all-night drive once. I just went to the gas stations like, well, okay, which one has the most caffeine? Here's this red line. And then I took it, slammed it. But 10 minutes later, my body started feeling different. It's called nauseous. <laughs> yeah, I started getting the... I'm like, I don't feel so hot. That all-night drive didn't work out. <laughs> Pull over the side of the road. Started just throwing up, rant, just really bad. Apparently, it has that extra stuff in it. But were you awake? That's the thing. During the throwing up, yes. Yeah. It worked. <laughs> it kept you up. threw it all up. And yeah. Threw it all up. And then I said, we need to find a hotel room. <laughs> not driving all that anymore. It's that backfired. But maybe, the worst... Maybe it, maybe it made you pull over because you weren't going to make it. This is like my first... Like, and then it, my buddy Dave, who is addicted to energy drinks, Pinnaker, we all know him. He gave me this thing that's currently banned in the U.S. Oh. called Blue Rhino. Blue Rhino. I just I kept it in my one. truck. And I was like, I'll drink it when I need it. And about two months later, I'm driving to Idaho. I'm like, oh, I'm feeling a little tired. I just slam it. Like I normally do energy drinks because I don't really like them. So I just drink them all at once. Like. <laughs> Probably not the best way to go about it. Yeah, apparently, this one you want to sip. <laughs> it's more of a sipping drink. I didn't know that there's some sipping energy drinks. And then all of a sudden, I started sweating profusely. <laughs> I started shaking. This could be fun. My brother, who's diabetic, was with me. I checked my blood sugar. Blood sugar was dropping. I was down to like 30. Wow. <laughs> From an energy drink. Yeah, dude. Interesting. Thing, it took five hours for me to come off of that thing. Those are five-hour energy. That the legitimately, you have I to drink <laughs> one every hour. <laughs> if you saw me, you thought I was like tripping out on like coke or meth or something. Like, oh man, Brock's on drugs. <laughs> I was on drugs, dude. <laughs> I got that blue rhino, man. There's a reason that thing was outlawed. Has anyone else had a uh, similar experience? No, 
unfortunately. <laughs> my f- my favorite energy drink in the morning is coffee, Black Rifle. Oh. Every morning. Black yeah. Rifle coffee. Black Rifle <laughs> coffee. That's it. I would have made you one, dude. I'd- <laughs> I have one right there. Look. And then you got a little bang here sitting here for me. So. Uh, I just was like my we watched homie. A, we watched homie. a nice little commercial on bang this morning. It's pretty <laughs> funny. Yeah, <laughs> Robbie had it on his feed. It was great. That's out. Shout out to that guy. I don't know who he is, but that guy has a lot of energy. <laughs> he, I wonder when he crashes from the caffeine. There's days he doesn't remember, probably. Yeah. Oh yeah. Hey, I also want to give a shout out to my homie Andy. He got his uh, Instagram tackle underscore asshole back. Oh, he did get it back. I he saw got it that. back. Yeah. It's good. And he went and came straight Everybody off. Everybody needs that. Two barrels going after Steven Skull. <laughs> First one. <laughs> oh, yeah. That was funny. He apologized, but he said, so this is an apology, but it's not an apology. I'm sorry, but I'm not. Really. I'm sorry, but I'm not. Yeah. I'm sorry that your your body ate yourself, right. your old self. <laughs> yeah. He, it's going to be back. Oh, my homie Dudley shot a 210-inch buck with his new bow he came out with. He shot a lot this uh, fall. He shot a lot of stuff. Yeah. So As bro- did you. Yeah. 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 He had a good little fall winter. There's such thing. Apparently, when you're not a professional hunter, there's such thing as too much. I'm learning. Overhunting? Yeah. What's a thing? Explain. Well, I did too much. I went hunting you mean too you much. You went too many times. Yes. Next year, I'm gonna cut out some fat and keep the so, best. So I'm assuming this isn't you talking, probably. <laughs> um, I did feel like I was gone too much. I'm a wimp, dude. I couldn't gone do it. too much. I was gone too much. Okay, that's different than hunting too much, I think. <laughs> yeah. Gone. I was gone. I missed the kids a lot. That and makes the family. sense. Like, I really did miss my kids, man. Yeah. Wife got to go on a couple. The wife went on a couple? She knocked a couple things down, too. And next year, I'm going to hook up my homie here, Cody. We're going to be doing a podcast remotely from Utah. I got him a tag, so this dude. It's crazy. He's the best. I'm so excited. <laughs> Wait, just tell me when so I can put in for days off now. Oh, well, okay. Yeah. So I'm just going to make the announcement. Hey, guys. I won't be at practice for this week. I'm not worried about practice. I'm worried about the real job. Oh. Which one's that one? Diamondbacks. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Oh. Because the, 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 the U stuff and the college stuff and like the training, that I can do that whenever. Okay. Guys, I'm out this week. Here's your program. <laughs> That's what you got this week. That's easy. So today we have a special guest. We actually did a part one. Funny story. I know this is going to surprise everybody. He keeps saying funny story. <laughs> funny story about that is I lost the SD card. Yeah, I'm a big surprise to everyone listening. <laughs> Brock lost something. So we have a new process with the SD card now. New process. We put because of that processes were put in place. <laughs> um, it didn't occur anymore. 
yeah, the SD card got put in the my pocket, which then went to the washer, which then went to losing it. <laughs> Apparently, your pocket's not the best or most secure location. Not secure. So, now we take it, download it. Thank you. That's all. So, this is Robbie's actually third time <laughs> in the studio. First time, Cody... His throat swelled up the size of a watermelon. That's right. I, yeah, I forgot about that one. And, and we still don't know why. Yeah, we don't know why. Kiwi, I think it is. He, he was had an allergic reaction, even though he's not allergic to anything. That I know of. Apparently something. <laughs> something Maybe he's allergic kiwi. to like a human being that was in the pre- your presence. Um, I'm going to go with no on that one. <laughs> Just because I know Somebody's where it was. aura. <laughs> You didn't like the way someone was. My wife was the only one around. (laughs) Oops, I guess that wasn't it. And then, so second time we actually did it, and then it was actually a really good one too. It's probably the best one we've ever done. I would agree. Yeah. So if you like the other ones, this one's like way better. So yeah, we probably screw it up today. Got some sound effects in there. Tested out the new. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Applauses, laughter's. What is that one? I don't know. I just did it. (laughs) So the blue one's probably not going to be used often. That one? That's what happened when I lost the SD card. It's also what happened when you hit the blue button. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So today we have Robbie Eggert. Eggert. Eggers? Eggers. Eggers. Yeah. Eggers. (laughs) Yeah. Same guy. Yeah. Okay. And I've known Robbie for... How long have we known each other? 2017? Yeah, I did an interview with him. I interviewed him for a job. Which then he never returned. He never called me back. Until well, like, much later. Amendment. I said I'm going to go a different route. Well, I found <laughs> that out through amendment. the... Actually, amendment. He told me... He didn't tell me. I found out through the grapevine he was going a different route. <laughs> and then he came to my office... Tail between his legs, saying, Brock, you were right. And I showered him with gifts of <laughs> Filiberto's burritos. Oh, man. No wonder you get good people over there. I'm like, yeah, give him burritos. He lays it on thick, dude. You yeah. want a burrito? <laughs> and then my, See how much fun we have here? We eat burritos. <laughs> we see burritos mess around. Um, yeah, and then what was cool about Robbie is... I didn't promise him anything. I just said, hey, you can be whatever you want, and you can work up in this company, but you're going to start down here at the bottom. And started at, I don't know, pretty much the bottom, right? Yeah. Started in service, and I didn't know anything about trailers, so I didn't know how they turned on, you know battery switches, why the outlets don't work with batteries. Like, I knew nothing. Yeah. And <laughs> my my mentor was this Hispanic <laughs> dude that knew no English. <laughs> His name was Sammy. Sammy was your mentor? Sammy was my mentor. Not even Joby. Not even Joby. Joby wouldn't even give you time of day. No, Joby, Joby was pretty rude to me when I first started because I didn't know anything, so he just thought I was an idiot, you know? Oh, he, and the funny thing about Joby, he tells you, 
Yeah. You're an idiot. Yeah, I remember I, I went up to him and I was like, hey, how do you fix this? And he just starts beating on the front of this trailer and he's just <laughs> ridiculing me like, you just hit it into place and you, you hit this right here and you hit this right here. Hit I was it. like, this dude is messing up this trailer. <laughs> so you just got to beat on stuff. You just got to beat on it and you'll be good. <laughs> if anybody takes your trailer in. <laughs> yeah. he's just Don't go. ever <laughs> take it to Joby when he's trying to train somebody. <laughs> yeah, that's your fault. Because that's uh, when Joby buzzed the hammer out, apparently. It's <laughs> <That's laughs> awesome. It's just a training day for Joby. Yeah. And so I, Sammy was his cousin or something, and he didn't speak a lick of English. Luckily, I have some Spanish background. Like, I took Spanish in high school, and so I'm trying to translate what this guy is telling me. But he's not, he, he's showing me this piece of paper, like, hey, here are the problems okay, here's the problem, here's what I do to fix it. But there was no nothing in the gap, no troubleshooting, no anything. It's just like, oh, this is the problem, here's how you fix it. And so I'm trying to decipher his broken Spanish. Yeah. And all the while, I'm like, I'm so lost right now. <laughs> yeah, well. So you just went around every day and beat on everything. The whole <laughs> yeah. until it worked. You just you get know. yelled at until you're good. No wonder we had such high turnover over there. Because Joey would yell at you. And then the mentor didn't speak English. <laughs> but he was amazing. This dude can, like, I don't know. I remember there was this sliding door on this old trailer that was going out, and the door kept popping off the track. We went to, like, four Ace Hardwares, couldn't find the right guides. And so we took this piece of metal that was, like, in the trash and ended up carving it to be a perfect plate. And mm. he made the piece that we needed, and it was flawless. Like, I'll forever remember that story. The dude is amazing. Sammy, I vaguely remember Sam. Short glasses had like a slick. He back went hair back to Mexico to sell ice cream. Yeah, he moved. He came from Mexico and he returned to Mexico. Yeah, and then we grabbed another yeah. one of Joby's descendants to come from Mexico here. Pico, Pico, Pico's Pico's still there. there. He's still here. Pico de Gallo. <laughs> yeah, he's uh, our body guy. So, yeah, yeah, Joby, if we could only have more of Joby's descendants come work for us. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously. Um, let's uh, talk about your your history. Like, where did, that's what brings you here. Yeah. I think it's a great story of somebody that's maybe been to the lowest of lows. Yeah, definitely. And, I mean, your life seems to be getting pretty good of late oh yeah we're really hitting a stride yeah so robbie i'll take it away let's uh start with maybe high school sure uh mesquite high school i grew up raised in the east valley so the gilbert mesa area is where i is where i stayed until i was about 19 um yeah in high school i was uh aspiring to be like a jock, right? So I wanted to just go and play sports every every season. Um, my whole life I'd played football, and I was always on like really crappy teams. So I made the switch in high school to go from playing football and wrestling to just focusing on wrestling. Um, then I could just focus on keeping my weight down versus football. I would try to eat as much as I could. And then wrestling season, I'd have to cut 20, 30 pounds. So um, I just wrestled. Um, I did wrestling in cross country, and I'd say a couple of years in high school, I just started hanging out with the wrong people, and was easily influenced, and just started 
experimenting, right? Just weed here, taking my parents' alcohol here and there, and I really discovered that I liked it and kind of just went down <clears throat> that path. And then, What did you like about it? I just like the escape, you know? Uh, obviously, it makes you feel really good physically. Uh, I wasn't really running from anything. Like, uh, my life wasn't terrible. It wasn't like I had depression. I just think I was young and experimental and was just like, ooh, this is nice, you know? So when you say it makes you feel really good, like alcohol, I've never been drunk, so mm-hmm. I can't like, I, would, I don't understand that. So I guess in high school, you don't really know who you are, right? You just see, like I could be having an interaction with Brock and a group of friends, and I can tell by their responses if I'm accepted by the group or not. And in high school, I think you're just searching to find your way. You're searching to find who you are if if what you're doing as a person jives with who you think you are, but is also perceived by other people as, like, mm-hmm. good, right? Because you don't want to be the guy that goes into a circle, everybody stops no. talking, and the circle breaks up. So, so, so not necessarily physically. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, I was just able it's to be bubbly sense. and, like, okay. feel good. Like, yeah. your inhibitions are lowered. You have more confidence. Gotcha. So you can do stuff. You yeah. We'll talk to that girl over there, you know? Do you think just the act of doing it, Made you feel accepted. Oh, for sure. Yeah, it kind of felt like rebellious. Like, oh, my parents don't know I'm doing this. Yeah. Almost like sneaking out, that rush you get. When yeah. you sneak out and you, and you don't get caught, you're like, oh, you freaking did it. beer tastes like crap, I heard. Oh, yeah, beer's terrible. I never did it for the taste. I would, the taste is terrible for me. Yeah. So, and then also like, you know, going to a party, playing beer pong, just going to a party, it was... Just being at the party, being accepted at the party. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. So that's when it's kind of started to, I guess, take a turn for the worse, and I ended up, you know, dropping out of high school, didn't finish. Um, And then it kind of experimented with, like, uh, different medications to see if there was something wrong with me. They diagnosed me with bipolar disorder. And so they were trying different meds out. All the while, I'm going through different court proceedings and, um, I guess, kind of under the microscope. Do you think those meds screwed with you? I think so. If anything, it gave me an, an excuse like, oh, I'm bipolar. That's why I'm using. <laughs> so I should con- ten- continue to use. Cause <laughs> exactly. Now I have a reason. Yeah, I worry about that with uh, my kids. Like, not. I would worry about that because, like, I have anxiety, and I never was told I had anxiety till I was, like, 30. But I'm glad I didn't know when I was younger. So I wonder if I always worry about that with my kids, not telling them, because I don't want them to have an excuse to get out of things. Like, I can't do that because I have anxiety. Yeah. I can see that. I see it used a lot. Like, you know, we work with a ton of kids, and, you know, parents look at their hall, they have ADD or ADHD or Asperger's or whatever. It's kind of like, I don't care. Do they? <laughs> or, you know, like, honestly, do they? Or, I mean, I've seen so many foods, like, just what you eat either make that a lot worse or a lot better. Like yeah, I agree with Red that. dye number 40 is, like, the worst thing a, a kid can take for a boy. Yeah. Like, if they eat foods or drink drinks with that in it, you can see a change in their, their like, their attitude and their behavior, like, immediately red dye 40 it, it's it's insane like if and you can watch it because we'll be at games or practices or whatever and you watch a kid eating eating licorice and drinking a gatorade or whatever 
Yeah. And all of a sudden, it's just like totally changes. Like his his behavior just gets like a little erratic and like doesn't really pay attention and doesn't listen and doesn't do what he was doing an hour prior. You know what I mean? And it's kind of like I know with my son, if he has it, he doesn't. We don't do it. <laughs> like period. And my wife, you know, looks into it all or whatever. And man, I'm telling you, and he, it's like his behavior totally changes. That's surprising. It's, it's insane. That's good to it's, know. It's really weird. Yeah, so Red Dye 40. Red Dye 40. Take it out all of your stuff, people. I'm going to talk to the wife. <laughs> Throw out everything Cut with Red Dye 40. Cut it yep. out. It's, it's in everything. Really? Everything that's red, blue, purple, like you'd be orange. It's all junk food. Like pretty much every Gatorade except the white one. Yeah. It's in. So there's some other ones. Yeah. There's yellow. I think there's a blue something and like yellow four and like those are all. Hmm. It's surprising because read Gatorade is like at every sports event. And yeah, yeah. Uh, the the white ones, like the white Gatorade, the Arctic something, right? Yeah. That one doesn't. You don't see it. What about yeah. the lemon lime? Uh, it's got the yellow classic. in it. The oh. yellow forty. Yeah. Yellow, <laughs> not forty. Yellow. Yellow four, blue yeah. four. I can't remember one of those numbers. Yeah, that's interesting because you know, I was never privileged to have Gatorade. You know, when I was at baseball, I'd have to bring my jug with water. But you always host. had those kids that their parents would buy them all Gatorade. You know, mm-hmm. and I would probably be that parent now. Like, oh, here's a Gatorade. There's four of them. <laughs> And here's some licorice. <laughs> yeah. Go get them, champ. <laughs> they're really good. <laughs> yeah, so now, that's good to know. Sorry, we got off track. Oh, well, no, it's good info. Yeah, But anyway, sure. so, yeah, anyways, you now you got this crutch in high school because now you're diagnosed with all this stuff. Yeah. So just going through and taking meds, and I remember it made me feel like a zombie. Like, I remember I... Part of being bipolar, right, in quotes, is that you have super high highs or you're on your manic phase, and then you have super low lows. Kind of like if the energy drinks you were talking about, you drink a couple of them, you feel great, and all of a sudden you crash. And people with manic depressive disorder, their body does that. It doesn't able to regulate the emotions as well. So they take these pills, um, and it takes out the high highs and takes out the low lows. So you just have this zone that you stay within. So, like, I remember... I just felt like, I don't even want to say numb because that sounds so cliche, but just like I was going through life and there was no really stimulus or anything. No happiness, yeah. sadness, just. And then the drugs. And that's when it was like, bing. You felt This better. is amazing. Yep. Because if you finally got some difference. Yeah. 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 And so that's what I sought. Yeah. So you finished, did you finish high school? I got my GED in jail. I did not finish high school. So you, did you wrestle your senior year? No. No, I wrestled through my junior year, senior year. Um, I was basically, from the beginning of the school year, I was like non, non-existent, so that's why. Did um, you get kicked out of the house? I did get kicked out of the house. Yep. My parents, they had a couple rules, do your chores, um, obey the, the, the rules of the house, you know, anything mom and dad ask, and then go to school. If I'm not going to school, I need to have a job. 
So once I wasn't fulfilling my end on the three, they told me to get out. And that's when I went to live with Carlos. How do you know Carlos? Uh, we went to high school together. Kind of, we were on the football team together, and we just hit it off. Really good friends. Yeah. So we hung out. Plus, he probably did some fun stuff you liked. Yes. Carlos and I, uh, we did drugs. I'm guessing his house rules were a little different than your mom and dad. <laughs> a little more accepting, I guess. Inviting. Yeah. For your lifestyle. Uh, we just snuck out when we did those. It's oh. like his mom was just letting us. Oh, so you moved in with Carlos' parents? Yeah, Carlos' parents' house. Oh, wow. Yep. Cool. Yeah. Free rent. (laughs) Free rent. I was just a freeloader, you know? So. Did she she make good food, at least? Oh, amazing. She was this Mexican lady, and... I didn't want to say Mexican. Oh. But... Hispanic? I was definitely thinking that. Oh. She was hoping she made, like, homemade tortillas or something. Yeah, Hispanic-American. She's a great cook. Yeah, I tried menudo for the first time over there. Yuck. I Let's not talk about that. <laughs> I didn't like menudo, but... You shouldn't like menudo. <laughs> it was... Menudo's good if you don't eat the tripe in <laughs> the it. The tripe like, is you know, If you eat the meat, then it's no, it's no good. I mm. just eat the hominy and the... Just the you yeah. shouldn't... You shouldn't, oh, eat. Right. <laughs> shouldn't eat any of it, to be honest, like because it was soaked in tripe. She saw my reaction and ended up making me some chicken nuggets. <laughs> <laughs> Did she really? You tried it and you're like... I was like, this so- is... Disgusting. Did she say, Mijo, what's wrong? No, she could just tell. I, my face said it. She's like, what do you think? And I was just like, I won't eat it either. My wife gives me a lot of crap about it, but yeah, I won't eat it. Like, no, yeah, I'm just not the f- eat it. flavor, consistency. I mean, everything, all the above. I hated it. Yeah. Cool. So I'm glad we're on the same page. Yeah. Yeah, if you ever want to try it again, there's usually a big pot at my house around Christmas. Oh but yuck, yuck! I don't eat. It. Like I said, don't eat it. <laughs> there's a reason why it's a big pot. It's outside. <laughs> I you bet the dog would outside like it. on the burner. Could go eat anything. Yeah. So from Carlos's, you get a job. How do you like survive? Um. So after Carlos's, I just started working. I guess different different jobs. Subway. Um. Subway, Jack in the Box. I ended up moving to moving to Mesa. I was 18 years old after I got kicked out of Carlos's because um, his mom knew I wasn't I wasn't a good influence for his for her son. So I ended up getting an apartment. My mom was like, "Hey, we're gonna put you in this apartment," and she was gonna pay for my rent. And she was just like, "Just pay me what you can." And so I got a job. Where did I work? I was working at Subway while I was living at that apartment. And then I got fired from Subway. And then I moved out to Ahwatukee. Oh, And then I started working at Subway out there. And then there was... Man, you, didn't, you weren't banned from all Subway. They transferred him. No. She actually promoted. Well, promoted. You can't no call, no show a couple days in a row and... Have a job when you get back. There's like, can you just go away? Yeah. So when I moved out to Hawatuki, I would just, I would have two jobs and I would just find the best paying two jobs and then just keep going up. So the first job I had when I was out there, it was Chuck E. Cheese. Chuck E. Cheese. Chuck E. Cheese, dude. What did you do at Chuck E. Cheese? Uh, I fixed the machines. 
They were always broken. I mean, really, it's only kids putting multiple coins in. I just Uh, unstuck the coins. Yeah. And so. My um, my tickets would never come out when I went there. Oh, yeah. For sure. Oh, crap. Those machines always break. tickets. So were you the you you're the guy that could make all the kids' dreams come true? Oh, absolutely. Oh, you want some coins? Here you yeah, go. I'd open it up and I'd give them a couple extra for their for their problems. You know? Their problems. Yeah, sorry for the inconvenience. Sorry man. for your troubles. <laughs> Here's a handful. So I did that. Uh, I worked at Jason's Deli out there. I worked at NYPD Pizza out there. Worked at Subway. And so out of the two jobs, I would just boom, boom. Dude, you were hustling. I was hustling, dude. Yeah. When did, was your first run in with the law? Oof, it was early. It was like 14. 14. 14, I had a minor in consumption. I was drinking, and I guess that's what kind of kicked it off. So it's a misdemeanor, so, like, you're not going to get in trouble. It just, when you're that young, people start looking. That's crazy, 14 years old, (coughs) and you're, you know, exposed to alcohol and weed and yeah, just, I mean, that was then. Now it's probably earlier. I can only imagine. Yeah, it's everywhere. Yeah. And then my parents drank, so I always had alcohol in the house. And, you know, I'd make sure that I'd add a little bit of water back to whatever I took from them. And <laughs> they knew after a time. They're like, this tastes like crap. This, this thing is <laughs> it's all water. This vodka is terrible. <laughs> yeah. Tired of going different places to get all you want? Looking for a program that offers everything? Are you interested in training, nutrition, baseball, softball, after-school youth programs, hunting, or charity work? One Performance is an all-inclusive program that offers training, advising, instruction, and opportunity for everyone, from the beginner to the professional. With a staff compiled of some of the best in their fields, impressive backgrounds, and an unmatched passion for teaching and giving back, One Performance is the first of its kind in Arizona. With the connections and background we have in the baseball community on a local and national level, from T-ball to the major leagues, One Performance offers teams known as Arizona National BPA, opportunity for instruction, gameplay, and development in every aspect of the game, both physically and mentally. The staff at One Performance Training are some of the finest in their respective fields. They strive to educate, motivate, and assist every athlete in maximizing their abilities. Whether you're looking for an opportunity for a young athlete or a seasoned professional to surround themselves with like-minded coaches, mentors, and athletes, One Performance is the family you're looking for. Check us out on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. Ready for an escape? Ready for an adventure? Do you want to camp, hunt, hit the dunes, or just relax on the beach? Rolly White RV is the number one toy hauler dealer in Arizona for the past five years running. With a no-pressure culture and no dealer fees, they guarantee you a great price and a great experience as you purchase your very own toy hauler or travel trailer. Rolly White is family-owned and operated and has now expanded to five locations, including Mesa, West Phoenix, North Phoenix, Flagstaff, and Idaho Falls, Idaho. Whether you're looking for a toy hauler or travel trailer, fifth wheel or bumper pole, Rolly White can get you what you're looking for. They carry all the big names, including Genesis Supreme, Vortex, Attitude, Wolfpack, Raptor, Forest River, and the newly released Wanderer by Genesis. We all want to beat the heat or just escape the craziness and get outdoors. Let Rolly White help you get there by visiting any of our locations or checking us out on Facebook, Instagram, and online at rollywhite.com.
When was your first big offense? Um, well, it'd be my first aggravated assault. That'd be the first felony. So I was 18 years old, and I got a call from my buddy. And when I say my buddy, I used to live by these three triplets, if you will, but they were like two years apart. Mm-hmm. And my buddy was the youngest of them. And so he was probably six years younger than me. So I'm 18, he's 12. He calls me and he's freaking out. He's like, dude, my, my brother owes this guy some money and this guy is going to beat my butt. And I was like, where are you? And he told me where he was. So I was like, I, I can be out there and, you know, I'll go help you because they were like my little brothers. You know, I would go yeah. fight for him. I would go protect him because he's a tiny kid, you know. So I went out there. This kid ends up turning the corner and they're like, Showing me text messages like, oh, I'm going to meet you at the park. And da, 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 da. it was over 20 bucks. Like the oldest brother owed this kid 20 bucks. So he came to the park to fight this 12 year old. And then he got me. So I ended up laying him down. <laughs> yeah, hoodwinked. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and so that was my first experience like with a felony. So I just, I went up to him, I knocked him out. Um, and I hit him just a couple times, and then I left. And I remember as I was leaving, like, there was a lady coming out on the street, most likely calling the cops. And then um, because I broke his jaw, they, they considered it a felony because any broken bones. And so I, that was my first felony, and I guess it just kind of snowballed from there. When I had this second one that ended up sending me to prison, they brought up the first one as kind of like an aggravating offense. Like This is a sign of it's a behavioral pattern because right? yeah. it's he's done it before he just did it he's probably gonna do it again so that's why they aggravated my sentence yeah so there was the first time um i remember they they had called me and they're like they as in like the detectives are like hey you know we just need to ask you a couple questions and you know i'd always been taught to like be truthful, be respectful, whatever. So I was like, oh, yeah, I did it. I just told him myself. Like, oh, yeah. They're like, we need to know what you hit him with. And I said, no, I just punched him. Like, I I didn't use a weapon or anything, thinking it would drop my charges when they were really just trying to get me to admit to it. And, and I did. Yeah. So um, I never had to serve additional jail time for that. They kind of lumped that into the five years. Yeah. So on this other one, I was... I was at a party at my apartment, and this guy was just super drunk, and I went to lead him out of my house, and he just started swinging at me. So You let him have it. Let him have it, dude. Let him have it. And then two other guys ended up jumping in after I was done, let him have it, and we just took it too far. Yeah. And so we just, uh, yeah. What did, the, uh, did the other two guys get in trouble? They did, yep. So they didn't have any previous experience with the law, so one of them went, to prison for three and a half years. The other one got two and a half, I think. Yeah. So we all got uh, prison time for it. So these friends of yours, are any of those friends part of your life now? Absolutely not. Really interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I remember after I came out, because it's, it's so crazy how when I was in the, the depths, right, when I was in central unit in a cell that like I can touch both sides of it with my hands extended and you know 10 12 feet deep like all I had was my parents yeah. you know nothing else I had no control over my life where I'm going to live the next like nothing but my parents were there and so 
I made the decision after I got out that like nobody wrote me, nobody took the time to send money to my books. Like nobody reached out to me to show that like, Hey, we're thinking about you. Yeah. So like, why would I give them the time of day? Yeah. Yeah. None of them are. No one cared. Nobody cared. Yeah. Except for mom and dad. So you went to prison. Mm-hmm. You got a five-year sentence. Yep. How was it? It it was long. Uh, so I did four years and seven months on it, and I, I made my time there more difficult than it had to be. Why? Well, I feel like I had a chip on my shoulder, for sure. Why do you have a chip on your shoulder? Um, I don't know. I, I just think it was immaturity kind of manifesting, and... And when I went in, I was like, I just want to beat people up, you know? So you went in jail thinking you wanted to beat people up. Yeah. Prove yourself. Yeah. Like, I'm a tough guy. <laughs> yeah. It's so stupid. You didn't think that's why I'm here. <laughs> yeah, not at all. <laughs> I'm here to reform here. myself. But I'm coming in here. Yeah, I'm going to prove to everybody that I'm the toughest one in here. Yeah. How'd that work out? Uh, Pretty well. Um, <laughs> it, it went good, huh? <laughs> It went good. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's a weird way. So, you know how, like, if you get a college degree, you have to do your prerequisites, and then you ultimately get your bachelor's, or you get your master's, or yeah. PhD, whatever. So, in there, there's a process of earning your ink, and it's just different symbols, right, that you can earn. And so, I, when I went in, I was like, I want to earn my ink. You know, I want to get my, my battle stripes or whatever. And so, that was, it was like a goal I had set. So, like, the intentions, the intentions were good as far as like wanting to achieve a goal it just it was a st- just stupid goal <laughs> it's bad things to do to get to, <laughs> to get tattoos. maybe you could have like saved money <laughs> yeah you yeah. wanted to go beat somebody up to yeah. get this stripe beat that person up to get this stripe yeah so you got all this ink yeah which i have covered up now <laughs> because because i don't normal agree with my decisions so- yeah normal society doesn't appreciate that ink yeah apparently not yeah. So, yeah, it was, uh, you know, I just, I could have made it in my time a lot easier and just, they had open yards. So basically from morning time till nighttime, you have the ability to go and you can work out all day or you can just roam all day. And then the higher custody level you get to, it's less restrictions. So more move or more restrictions. So less, less movement. So at first you were able to just roam around mm-hmm. all day. Yep. And then... You got in trouble inside. Yeah. So then what happened from there when you got in trouble? So when I got in trouble, they, they increase your custody level, and then they change yards. And so you go from the normal, there's custody level two through five. So two being minimum, three medium, four is closed custody, and then five is maximum. And so at one point when I was in five, it was 23 hours a day, you know, no movement. Um, well, actually, that's three days a week. You get wrecked for one to two hours. I can't remember mm-hmm. right now. How long were you in five? For the, the last 18 months. The last sense. 18 months. Mm-hmm. Is that when were you? So did your drug, um, did drugs increase or decrease in prison? They decreased for sure. Um, so I never really did heroin on the, when I was out, but then when I was, when I was in there, I mean, it was everywhere. And so, uh, I did heroin in there. Yeah. You yeah. got addicted to it. I didn't get addicted to it, but, uh, 
just because when I made the decision, I was like, I need to stop. I, I was able to stop. Yeah. Um, and that's just because I had my release date coming up, and I was like, I need to, I need to get my act together. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it's, it's everywhere in there. It's just crazy the amount of money you'd spend for a little amount, I guess, when you're looking at what you can, like, let's just say you can get a flat of Dr. Pepper for 10 bucks. In prison, that same thing is going to cost you 150 bucks or something. Yeah. So the amount of money you spend on what you get is, it's ridiculous. Yeah. And drugs are more expensive in prison. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because you got to pay for the handling. <laughs> they, someone the had process. A, yeah. Someone had a keister that someone in. Someone had a hoopty that. Yeah. Yeah. So. It's crazy to think. Oh, yeah. Describe to the audience how the tattoo process works. Oh, yeah. We had a good talk on this on this the yeah, first podcast. Yeah. Yeah. That's what right. I've been waiting on. So your ink, um, you you buy some grease, and then you make a wick from, like, your or your laundry basket. It's like nylon netting, and you'll put it in the middle. And then to spark it, you need to pop a socket. So you'll put, like, two lead strips in, in an outlet and then arc it to where you can get a fire. Yeah. And then you'll... You'll light that on fire, and you put a cone above it, like a manila envelope, and then you set it in somebody's locker, and you just let it burn and burn and burn. And what is going to happen is all that soot is going to build up in like a reverse cone up top, and you'll shave it off into like a a chew canister, yeah. and it'll be all the little the soot pieces. Yeah. yeah, yeah, the base for the ink. And then people add like mouthwash and, you know, different mixtures. For different colors? For, well, no, it's all going to be blue at the end of the day, but just how dark they want it to be, the consistency. Yeah. I told you there was a drop test where you can just put a little bit in the toilet and how it dissipates as it's going down. <laughs> people were like, oh, yeah, that's what I'm looking for. There's some serious ingenuity <laughs> going on here, man. Crazy ingenuity, yeah. And so that's, that's the process for the ink. Um, for the tattoo needles, we would use a, it's a product called Finishing Mist. So you'd buy the hairspray just so you can get the spring out of the the little handle, right? Yeah. And so that was your spring, and then you would be able to shave that down. Um, well, usually I'd have the, the tattoo artist do it. Yeah. So you'd shave that down, and then they have a different adapter. So it's a power adapter. You have one and a half, three volts, or four and a half volts, and then it's connected to... Um, like a motor and that motor is going to be the motor for the the needle and you take that finishing mist needle you put a barb at the end of it and then you'll cut like a plastic wheel to hook that into so that as you turn that on you know 1.53 or four and a half volts it's going to control the speed at which the motor rotates that plastic circle and then ultimately drives the ink into your you're buying hairspray Buying hairspray in prison, huh? Yeah. <laughs> you got to look good. Yeah. Hairspray <laughs> crease. It's crazy when you Why think about it. Why are we selling it. so many fishing guys fall, dude? He's got his head <laughs> shaved. What's he in hairspray for? Yeah. Just feels good on his head. <laughs> yeah. We're selling a shit ton of finishing mist. <laughs> Pallets of this stuff is yeah, going. Right. So That's it, crazy, man. It's super cool to see. Well, I mean, I wouldn't want to go back and see it, but just the whole but process. the whole process, yeah. yeah like... Yeah, they got. They've had some time for sure to think about this. They have ironed out the kinks. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> for sure. Yeah, I'm a little concerned about the guy that decided he wanted to be a tattoo artist in prison. There's yeah. some awesome talent in there, and I mean, for 
pennies on the dollar, you can get a lot of tattoos. Pennies on the dollar. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's crazy, man. Yeah. Yeah. That is, uh, they could probably cure cancer if they wanted to. But instead, they're trying to figure out better ways for ink. But, so, when, what was your bottom, your bottom? My bottom was when I was in central unit, and I was just, it's like an open bar. Yeah. Um, so you can see out, it's a, a tier structure, so there's people on the other side of you. And then that was the realization where I was like, I, I have literally nobody but me, you know, me and my parents. And I had been doing all these stupid things, you know, like wanting to get in fights and doing all this immature stuff that like, I'm super embarrassed. Like, well, I'm not going to tell my parents about this stuff. Like, I want to be able to call them and say, hey, I just got a new job or hey, I just got this. And I, I, I think I just grew up because the more and more I fed this chip on my shoulder, it just, it kept burying me into worst condition in prison you know mm. and so I was like well I I made it right I'm in my own cell by myself and I only get out every other day like this is stupid so I think that was the bottom for me um and so I just started you know I I think the last year I was in I, I got maybe two fights you know where it was, it was like a lot more in the first few yeah um but just kind of growing up and realizing that this isn't the type of person I want to be. How lucky were you that you didn't have prison time added on? Oh, I, I don't know how I didn't. I got my rights read to me. I remember I was in this little, like, so this is a normal sized chair and I was getting interrogated by eight SSU officers after something that happened. And I'm in this like little toddler's chair and I feel like they're all just surrounding me. I, for sure an intimidation technique. They're like, take your shirt off, you know, taking pictures of my body and, they said, at this time, we're going to read your rights for attempted murder. And I was like, holy shit. I don't, I don't want to be here for yeah. <laughs> additional time. That's when it really hit you right there. I was just like, like this forever. is... Yeah. <laughs> come in for five years and come out 20 years later, 25 years later. Like, yeah. that doesn't sound fun. How many people does that happen to? A lot. I can see that for sure. I mean, not the, not, but not the majority, but... Um. I mean, it could take anything. Like, you could fight somebody and they could hit their head on the curb and they're dead, you know? Like, um, crazy things can happen. And so I was just like, whoa. Time to wake up. So you woke up. I woke up. I was woke. You got woke. And <laughs> woke. You decided, I'm not doing this anymore. Yeah, this is not for me. So when you <clears throat> said this wasn't for me, what did your parents tell you? They didn't know. They they didn't know like the it wasn't like, Hey, beat another guy up today, you know. Yeah. It wasn't a conversation that we had. They didn't know now. Well, they probably like knew something was going on because when you were getting close to let out, I think you told me like they're like, You can't come out in public like this. <laughs> yeah, I think they were just using context clues because obviously they see I started on a three yard and then I went to a four yard and five yard and three yard and so I mean, they saw the, per, the the history on there. So in their eyes, they're looking at it like, well, you're in a maximum security facility right now, so you're not ready to come out, you know? Like, regardless of whatever happened or what they think you did or whatever, like, s- something happened. Yeah. And so, and they Plus were just... they probably didn't want you to, like, go back in. Yeah. 
They wanted you to have a permanent stay outside. Yeah. So what did they do? Uh, tough love. So they said, you're not coming to our house. And started looking at like halfway houses. And my mom was like, nope, he's not going to halfway house. So my brother-in-law, Chad, was friends with Rami, who's at yeah. the ranch. And was like, hey, I know about this ranch. Like, maybe you should call them up, check it out. Your brother-in-law is a police officer? Yep. Yeah, he's a detective for the uh, Phoenix Police Department right now. So he probably knew exactly what was going on with you. Oh, yeah. So funny story. His brother, um, Kevin Shipley, was the first arriving officer on the scene mm. when I got my first felony. So he knew what was going on. Yeah, so he, he knew what was up. Um, he yeah. knew all about you. <laughs> yeah. Um, so Chad's like, hey, you should call Rami. My parents got in touch with Rami, went and toured the ranch. Um, when I say ranch, it's the John Vulcan Academy. It's over there by Santan Mountains. And it's a two-year program where you voluntarily commit two years. Um, and it's a, a therapeutic community. So there's no teachers or counselors or therapists. It's just a bunch of addicts that want to get better. And you're in like a group environment where you call each other on your bull crap. Yeah. And so when my mom first pitched the idea to me, she's like, how would you like to work at a ranch? And I was like, sign me up. I'll have a job when I get out of here. Awesome. Yeah. And the closer and closer it got to me being released, that's when I started to get these like weird feelings. And I was like, why do I have to be there for two years? Like, <laughs> what's going on here? Yeah. And then she finally told me, well, it's, it's like a program. And I was like, nope, I'm um, not doing it. Yeah. So. How'd that go? Like, what was the struggle there? Um, well, I just done five years and I didn't want to do two more. I felt like my sentence was served and yeah. if this was just going to put me two months or two years behind the eight ball again. Right. Yeah. I was going to get out at 25 and now it's 27. You know, I just was not prepared for that. So, but you thought you were ready to go back like into society then or. Yeah. I mean, I was, I was just looking at it now. I wasn't, mm-hmm. I still had a ton of issues to work through and but yeah at the time I was like nope I'm ready to go Good. just give me a job and I'll take it from here so how did they get you in there I I ended up they cut all avenues off <laughs> they forced me <laughs> they said you're not going to come home with us and so we had a tiff and ultimately I ended up calling them back like hey I'll go to the ranch, I'll graduate, I'll go there for two years or however long it takes. Yeah. I'll just go, I'll soak up in the program, and I'll do it. And so when I got out of prison, my brother-in-law picked me up. We went to Smashburger, Starbucks, and Walmart, and I picked up some clothes and new boots, and yeah. they dropped me off at the ranch. You felt free for like a whole hour. A little bit, a couple dude. Hours, a couple yeah. hours, yeah. yeah. The long Starbucks. Oh, dude, it was so good. Yeah. Yeah. The food, I mean, just, it's so gray and, and your palate gets so dulled in there, like, which just flavors and that when I got out, I remember going through Walmart, it was like, it was like this euphoric experience where like mm-hmm. all these, all these scents and different colors and like, oh my gosh, there's different shades of blue and all the stimulus that I hadn't had in so long. Yeah. It was it was an overload for sure. That's cool. Yeah. It was a cool experience. Yeah. Walmart. Walmart. Walmart people. <laughs> you never thought Walmart. <laughs> That's awesome, man. Yeah. So you get to the ranch. What's it like? 
So I went and toured it at first, and there's just a bunch of guys in, like, these white shirts. Just It doesn't look like a bunch of addicts. Like, when I thought I'm going to go to a place with a bunch of people that struggle with drug and alcohol addiction, you kind of have this perception in your mind made up, and these guys are, like, all healthy, strong-looking dudes. Yeah. So I'm like, where... <laughs> Where are the students or where are the where are the people at? Yeah, like, my brother-in-law's like, though those are them. Like those are your gonna be your friends, you know. Yeah. And so when I first got there, they do the whole intake process and search your clothes. And I'm just excited because like I get to go outside. I can eat whenever I want. Yeah, like you're not locked locked down. No, and this, for me it was a huge step up, which is weird because usually they see people coming in at their lowest of lows. Yeah, they're strung out on drugs. It, they're like all beat down and I'm in super good spirits. I just got out of prison and so <laughs> they're like, I'm like, this is freaking awesome. Everyone, like, everyone's looking at you like, yeah. what the hell? Why is he happy to be here? Yeah. Everyone else is probably super depressed. Yeah. So is this place, is it like, uh, is it gated or is it fenced in or it's, nope. it's just like you could come and go as you want? It's actually a horse boarding facility. So they host uh, Gilbert Day's Rodeo. Mm-hmm. They've done that there the last couple years, which is super cool because when the vendors come in, they, they block it all off, and it's like a little town. But, yeah, there's multiple covered arenas. Uh, it's a horse boarding facility, so I think there's like 150 stalls that the students, um, they're in charge of maintaining. There's different jobs. So all the construction stuff we do in-house, we wouldn't hire a company to come out because it's crazy. The people that start doing drugs, like, there's so much talent there at any given time. I mean, when I was there, there was a welder, there was a pipe builder, there was just an electrician. There was all these different people that knew marketable skills. And so you'd just be buddied up with them and you'd go, hey, we're going to build this chicken coop or you're going to build this shade structure. You're going to build this. We're going to pour a concrete pad over here. And so it's, it's cool going from what it was and then, you know, every day you're just working to make it better and better and build it. And then you're just gaining these tools of how to do stuff. You get free labor. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you get, so you, the idea is that you go there and work, you get clean, and the place pays for itself by the labor of the students. Yep. And so it doesn't cost anything because a normal rehabilitation center like that would cost. 150,000. Oh, it'd be something ridiculous. 30 day programs for like 15 grand. Yeah. This one is a $5,000? Two years, five grand intake fee. That's it. And the five grand is just to make sure like you're serious. (laughs) Yeah. Right? They just want the five grand because that means you're committed to going. Yep. Because they, you know, the beds there are like, they fill up really quick. So they want commitment, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, they do like a vetting process where they'll call and, hey, call me back at Friday at 4 p.m. or something just to kind of see where you're at. Because like, let's just say you're using and you're like, oh, yeah, I want to get clean. If someone has you jump through a couple hoops, like, are you going to are you going to do it or are you just going to flake? You know, because then when you're in the program, you could be taking up valuable space that somebody else really wants to come in and change their life. Yeah. And so they kind of vet it in the beginning to... It's not easy to get in. No. Especially back then. Yeah, there was 25 beds back then. Yeah. And they had saved me one when they knew I was coming from prison. Now there's, I can tell you how many beds. But and I think this facility. place like that you're in, 
it would be cool if they made more places like them because I think a lot of people can go there instead of prison. Yeah. Is that right? Absolutely. And it just, it's like an overhaul for you as a person. It's not just like, hey, we're going to cure drug and alcohol addiction. It's just like you can go here and completely strip who you are as a person and just build yourself into whoever you want to be. And then, like, that's what I did. I took who I was and I just stripped it down and I was like, oh, I like that this guy does this. He's a hard worker. He's this, he's that. And I just take all these qualities and you just like, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do this. This guy does this and let's just say he's on time every single day. And I, I really like that about him. Well, I'm going to work on being on time every single day, you know. Yeah. And you could just be whoever you want to be because it's two years. So you can practice your consistency. And you know, I met somebody that I became really good friends with. Their son went there. Because he was gay. He's, and he didn't know how to live in society. He struggled with it. And I don't think he had a drug problem at all. Oh. He was just gay. <laughs> and it worked out great for him. He had, you know, depression and all that. Yeah. He's able to cope with it now. And mm-hmm. yeah, that's awesome. That's a big thing. I think the kids there really loved him too, you know. And, Learned how to build relationships, and I think it was a lot of that. Yeah. So, um, so now you're out of that. You did your two years there. How did that prep you for your future? Do you feel like you're two years behind now? No, not at all. I'm super, super grateful that my parents did what they did. That you know, they cut off all avenues and said, "This is what's best for you." And super grateful that I, I even got the experience too. When I did, because, I mean, the guys there, I have some lifelong friendships with, and it, just the community alone that you can network with. Obviously, obviously I met Tanner, your brother, there, and then I met you, now I'm your employee, you know, like, these are all networking things that I would have never had access to, you know, and obviously the skills, like, I'm so much farther ahead that I invested the tears in myself than I would have ever been. So what do you know? 30? 30. 30. 30. Yep. And you have a child. You have a long You finished time. there in, at 27? Yep. So you're yeah, so three, 2017. three years removed from mm-hmm. there now. Okay. Yeah. To be honest, like you're a 30-year-old that I see where you're at. You own a home. You have some toys. Yeah. Just bought a razor. Yeah. I'm super pumped about it. <laughs> you have a child. Seems like you're on a normal trajectory. Yeah. Like you're not, you didn't, like you lost five years, but then you gained it back in those two years that you were at the ranch. Mm-hmm. So that's really cool. Yeah. It's a great experience. And all the guys that are going through it, I mean, it's cool to go back and talk to them and they're just like, you can tell they're struggling with stuff and you're just like, hey, dude, promise you it gets better. Just the days when you're not sure why you're here, yeah. you just keep pushing, keep pushing because it's going to pay off. When you were in that cell at the bottom of your bottom, did you ever think you'd be where you're at right now? No. No. I was, I was just hoping I could live some sort of normal life, like work a nine-to-five that, that subway. Yeah. Yeah. I was just hoping to get back. Like, so pre-prison, my high was like 
working at Jason Sally, right? I felt like I was super good at that job. Yeah. 14 an hour. Uh, 11 an hour. 11 an hour. Yeah. So you're hoping to get back to the, that. I'm hoping to get back to that. Jason's Deli. Yeah. I'm hoping to get back to where I was pre-prison. I wasn't even thinking like salary job, owning a toy, like nothing like that. Now you get out of the ranch, your first <laughs> job, you're immediately making way more than Jason's Deli. Yeah. That's amazing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you were... People were competing to hire you. Yeah, it was a weird feeling. Because <laughs> uh, he interviewed with me, mm-hmm. and I was like, he's going to come work for me. It's over. <laughs> right. I offered him like what, 15 an hour to You didn't start. talk about the money. Yeah, we didn't talk about I, I would have been about, about 14, 15 yeah. an hour to start. He didn't know anything, but that's <laughs> yeah, his nothing. work ethic was, you know, there. And I'm like, well, we'll make it work. And then he went to work for somebody else. <laughs> I didn't know there's other people involved. <laughs> Yeah, so I, it's a company called Code, uh, Code Steel. Uh, we did tank inspections. And so for me, I'm like, that's a, like a super niche kind of market. Mm-hmm. It, if it's going to blow up, like that's, that's a cool spot to be in, you know? So I was looking at that, and there just wasn't enough work. I was living with Zach at the Holden home, and I was like, hey, how do you like working at Rolly White? And he's like, I love it, man. Like, the company, Zach, he's 6'7". He's just the Tree goofiest. Tops. He's the goofiest, like, funniest guy. He's just so nice and, like, bubbly. And he is nice. He's so nice, dude. He's so, he's so, he has a good attitude. Super good attitude. And, um, so you ask him something, he's like, oh, man, he's the, it's the best. You know, Brock's great. And he just got back from there's little company outings, and they just went to iFly. He's like, he was awesome. And so I was like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk to him. And so I reached out to Brock, and I was like, hey, can I talk to you about a job? He's like, yeah, I need you to drive down to Phoenix lunchtime. All right, cool. <laughs> <laughs> and then what happened? And then uh, you, you sold me. You just said, I, I came in saying I don't have enough work, and you said, I have too much work. <laughs> you can work as much as you want. When is, can you start? Is that true? Absolutely. <laughs> yep. You, now you're I like. I wasn't lying. <laughs> oh, it's, it's crazy. Never ending pile Never of ending. work. Yep. Yeah. How much do you want to work? Because how many hours in the day do you have <laughs> yeah. available? Trailers are always going to be broken, and we're going to need to fix them. Yeah. So, well, I'm definitely happy you came in. Everybody at work's happy you're there. And um, you've definitely proven yourself time and time again. I'm happy you, you took me in and definitely gave me a great opportunity to – you know, and the power to kind of, if this doesn't work, try this out. Or it's just cool to see how the business has grown over the last couple of years. And just like my small piece of it in service of, you know, when I was over in West Phoenix to now in Mesa, just like looking at little steps because it's, it's hard on the day-to-day to see like what's changing. But if you really think of the big picture and you're like, oh my gosh, like. So much has changed. Yeah. When I was in West Phoenix, when I took that job, like when I got the promotion of service manager, we were taking one trailer in a day. You know, sometimes we wouldn't take any trailers in. And now in Mesa, I just took in five trailers yesterday. I mean, um, it's too much, but um, on average, you know, two to three trailers and yeah. pushing out an average like 70 trailers a month. So that's yeah, a lot. It's a lot. Yeah. Yeah. And you're the. And that's just in Mesa. Mm-hmm. That's just Mesa. Yeah. 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 And we could do, we need to do more. And that's a scary thing. Yeah, we need more. <laughs> yeah. We need more workers. Yeah, 
more workers. Yeah, we need more <clears throat> workers. It's no, tough. not more work, more workers. <laughs> the, yeah. the work is there. Work yeah. is there. It's, yeah. Like when work, we're booked out till March right now. And it's a funky time right now because next week we'll be skeleton crew with the Rolly yeah, White right. trip. And at the end of the year, everything kind of slows down yeah. and we'll be closed for like 10 days. And so <coughs> January, you know, January, February, March, we're, we're full up with appointments until March right now. So we're hoping to space it out a little bit more so we can do better turnaround times and just try that out because it's an area we need to improve on right now. We're trying. Yep. Well, Robbie. That means you sold a lot of trailers, though. Yeah, we do sell a lot of trailers. Yeah, we're, we're, you know, refining that process, too, you know, because you can always get better. Yeah. That's for sure. Especially with COVID, it, it... it blew up because nobody's staying in hotels. They're just buying trailers. All the people we saw out there, man. it was insane. There were people everywhere. Yeah, so you just went out with Thanksgiving. Did you see a ton of trailers on the road? Um, Going to Pine We Top. saw a lot of them. Yeah, yeah, we did. Yeah, couldn't think of where I went. Pine Top. Pine Top. <laughs> yeah, we were up at the cabin. Um, yeah, we saw we saw a ton of them uh, on the way up, and and even over. You know, COVID, we went out camping a couple times, and I mean, there were people everywhere. Cody's everywhere. Cody's also done baseball now. He's on the off season. Finished up instructional league the first week in November, so I've had had about almost a month now. Does it feel like it's been off? You feel like you've had it off? Well. No, because <laughs> all working. the other stuff goes on now. <laughs> now. There's other jobs still going on. So oh, oh, three of the other ones. The off seasons. You're <laughs> in the off jobs. season, and then all of a sudden this increases. Yeah, that's. I mean, <laughs> I don't sit still well. Yeah. Uh, anyway, but I mean, it's. I mean, yeah. I mean, my wife and I we went to Hawaii for our twentieth, so we we had about five days there, and then came home for two days, and then went to the cabin for five more days, and. Been so it was it was a really good like two weeks for me. Yeah, um, kind of got to chill and relax and spend some time with the crew and uh, it was good. Your, your daughter, I got, I got recharged. Your daughter won state. They lost. Yeah, oh, their state man. championship. They lost. Lost the last game. They did. Yeah, they were undefeated all season and uh, Hamilton. They beat Hamilton during. They beat them twice. Yeah, Hamilton came in and played better. They were a better team that night. Mm. They were they were really really good. Your daughter's a junior this year. She is, yeah. So she got one more year. She does. Yeah. So yeah, they just got beat. I mean, they can't say anything. Hamilton was they uh, Perry won the first set. Uh, I think twenty five nineteen, and we're like, all right, here we go again. <laughs> and and they lost the second like twenty five to two. <clears throat> Whoa. And uh, yeah, then it was ugly. They got they, bad. Uh, Hamilton was just better, like um, all around. Everywhere. It was it happens. They got beat. They didn't lose. They just got beat. Like Yeah. Yeah, they they were they were they were a better team. They deserved it. So I don't like to admit that, but <laughs> they they were. I mean it was uh hey, look, <laughs> that's the first thing kicked. that's a that's a big thing right there because if you can't admit that, then you can't get better. Yeah. I don't know if the girls can admit it. 
know. <laughs> it really sucked for the seniors and, and really the juniors, too. Anybody that was part of the team because they were so good. I think they were ranked, like, number three in the country going into that. Wow. And, Perry uh, was. Perry was, yeah. And uh, everybody kind of expected it to be the same. I think you think they got complacent? I think except for Hamilton. Did they um, get I, I don't think so. I, I don't. Um like they knew who they were going against, you know. What I mean, Ham- Hamilton was a good club all year. We the first time it went five sets, and I mean they were up, and we came back and somehow won. Second time we beat them pretty good, and then uh, what I didn't like going into it is that we didn't really play a close match for like the last. Oh, uh-huh. so you didn't have competition four weeks. Yeah. I would say like there wasn't a. It was three o three o three o three o the whole time. Yeah, and I don't think they played like a close competitive match where Hamilton played some good teams. Yeah. Uh, based on their seating and the rankings and stuff, we went in and just kind of like steamrolled everybody. And I, I told my wife, I'm like, I don't I don't like that. They haven't played anybody. Like I was hoping they'd scrimmage the boys or something. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like bring a team that's going to whoop your butt and kind of. <clears throat> but see, I'm not the coach, man. <laughs> just a parent up in the stands watching. Yeah. It was uh, – Girls were sad, man. The senior girls that are leaving, a uh, couple of them is the last time they'll ever play. Yeah. It's never good to go out like that. And then you got a, a whole bunch of them are going to college, so you yeah. know, they get to go try again. And, and uh, But it's fun to watch, man. It was a good experience. For my daughter, I really wanted her to be able to say she was a state champion. but Maybe yeah, next year. Maybe. Yeah, this Hamilton will be good next year. Yeah, yeah, they will. Um there's some some uh, key pieces that won't be coming back for next year for Perry. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, it's uh, like their setter is uh, she was legit and she was really really good. She's going to play in college and she kind of controlled the game. Yeah. So she was really really fun to watch. And, uh, they won't have her next year. I'm not knocking the other ones that are coming in, but they're not her yeah. yet, yet. You know. They're younger or whatever, but, um, yeah, we'll see. Where is she going to college to play? My daughter. No, oh, the, the, uh, setter? the setter? Um, yeah. Somewhere in Cali. I don't remember what it is. Her mom went to school there, and she's going there after. I can't, I can't remember where it's at. Somewhere over there. She's a good player, though. Right on. Yeah. That's a bummer. It is what it is. Yeah. December 11th. I got six days till over-the-counter archery opens back up. December 11th. Yep, be heading back out. Sweet. Yep. I'm going to help Mr. Cody find a deer. Well, the, ca- the cabin's in 3C, so we can always do that. 3C. Yeah, but we can al- also go right out here. Or we go to your boy's place down in Casagrande. Check it out. We're going to go down there this weekend. <clears throat> check it out. We can go shoot quail and, and uh, check it out at the same time. Call coyotes in. We can do that for sure. They've already done that. Really? Yeah. Go shoot a coyote's face off. <laughs> down. Yeah. I am down. Well, Co- Robbie Eggers, thank you for coming. Thanks for having me. A good story, man. Yeah. Happy to see where you're at. Yeah. Getting to know you a little bit better. The first one, I've never met you before. First time we did this. Yeah. Since we get to meet him, he comes and trains at the house in the morning. Yeah. Gets after it. Yeah, he's, he's, he's got. Morning. He's got some energy. <laughs> he's awake at six in the morning, man. Yeah. He's always awake. Man. <laughs> Where'd he go? I just, it's rock. good. I can't imagine Robbie on anything that makes him more active. 
It's hard to believe. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I hope that your story gives hope to others that, you know, maybe have fallen, maybe don't think they're, you know, deserve something better in life because everybody deserves something better. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. If you take the right steps and you're repentant and you pay back and there's something out there for everybody. You just got to work hard. It's not easy, right? Yeah. That's that's the most common thing is just working hard. Like even if you don't have, you're not an electrician or a plumber, hard work. Like that. Yeah, if you work hard, there's always going to be a place at the table for you. Yeah. Like no matter what, whether it's sports or a job, like there's just one quality is just above everything else in my yeah. life. Loyalty, work hard. You, you know. think about that? You, you don't lie to people and you're a hard worker. Like You're going to have a place at the table. Yeah. And it's something my dad always taught me when I was little, you know, work hard and be the best at what you're at. It doesn't matter what you're doing. Try to be the best at it and work hard. And if you're working hard, usually you're towards the top of that anyways because that work ethic puts you up there. Yeah. And then if you don't lie to people, you know, and you're loyal, that just puts you in a really good spot in society in general. And then people trust you, right? Yep. I always told where Brad and talking about business, and it's like, man, if you just return phone calls and you work hard, it seems like you'll have so much work you won't know <laughs> what to do with it. So. Definitely agree with that. Yeah, I'm sure Cody, man, like, he just returned some phone calls. And you're already, you return phone calls, you're already better than the other guy. Yeah. I mean, if you do it consistently, yeah. <laughs> you're already better. <laughs> you win. Yep. yep. Can't just do it sometimes when you feel like it. Yeah. Run a business, people want answers. Yeah. And they deserve them. They're customers. I mean, I totally agree. They're paying for a service. If I pay for a service, I want an answer. <laughs> you know what I mean? Honestly. Yeah. I mean, I'm not. Yeah. Well, good to be back here at the uh, Playing the Game podcast. I'm excited to be back with Cody. Excited to have Robbie here. And hopefully we can, we're going to pump pump out a bunch of cool episodes here coming soon yes sir we got some daytime we can get some of these guests in though so stay tuned and thanks for listening we'll see you next week see you guys